The U.S. Food and Drug Administration recently issued a new resource, which was developed by Mitre Corp, a rubric for applying the Cybersecurity Common Vulnerability Scoring System, or CVSS, to medical devices. Additionally, the FDA also has recognized the cybersecurity standard CVSS version 3.0. So what does this mean for medical device manufacturers, security researchers who hunt for medical device cyber vulnerabilities, and the healthcare providers who use these devices? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group, and today I'm speaking with Elad Luz, who is Head of Security Research at CyberMDX, a security research firm that examines medical devices for cybersecurity vulnerabilities. So, Elad, for starters, what do these new vulnerability scoring guidelines from the FDA aim to do? To explain that, we'd have to be familiar with the issues of using the current CVSS specifications for medical devices. So, we know that in general, CVSS is kind of a widely adopted method for evaluating software vulnerabilities, right? The problem is when you use it for uh, medical devices or even IoT in general, you would find that there are unclear areas that cause disagreements. That is because CVSS was originally targeted for IT devices. So the first problem, I would say, is not reflecting the true severity of, of such vulnerabilities for medical devices. For example, given a vulnerability, CVSS measures potential impact on uh, things like confidentiality, integrity, availability of a device, but the problem is those do not speak about things like patient safety and do not weight in their score calculation things like life threat. If you want a real example, so a little over a year ago we've disclosed the vulnerability related to uh, anesthesia devices that allowed to remotely changing configurations such as gas combinations and alarm muting. And this vulnerability was actually rated 5.3 out of 10, which I guess is less severe than what you would have expected. But this is mostly because you could not do things like executing remote code and installing malicious software or remotely accessing information. You could just when I suggest, I mean double quotes, remotely alter limited and specific functionality. And if that was the case for your mobile phones or computer or other IT equipment, uh, you would say, okay, being able to remotely mute alarm or do some other limited functionality would rate in a 5.3 medium severity. But when it's a medical device, um, muting alarms and changing other configurations of the device should be of critical severity. So that's what I meant when I say it's not reflecting the true uh, severity of a vulnerability. So that's the first problem. And the second one was that those unclear areas in the specification cause lack of consistency. So when you take several experts and you let them score the same vulnerability for medical device, using CVSS specification, you would find that they would score it differently. Again, because the specification is unclear for devices that are non-IT. And actually what what MITRE have done before they began the work of this uh, rubric, so they've they've also tested this and showed that 
uh, like 63% of the scores of different experts were different. And again, that causes inconsistency. So wrapping up the, the problem with the current, uh, using the current CVSS for evaluating medical device vulnerabilities was it, it, it was not reflecting the true severity of the device and it was not giving the required consistency. And so they came up with this rubric that actually guides you uh, very easily and very clearly uh, on how to score, to properly score uh, and evaluate a vulnerability for a medical device using the, the CVSS system. How might these new guidelines help you in your work as a security researcher? So uh, the vulnerability that I've just mentioned about the anesthesia device that was scored, scored 5.3 out of 10 would now be scored with the new system 9.1. I've just checked that yesterday. And that brings it from medium to critical. So it would definitely you know, impact the scores and regarding of how I'm going to use it. So you usually on a disclosure have this part where you go back and forth with the vendor. Each one of the parties argues and have claims about why a certain measurement of the score should be rated in a certain way. And the rubric just introduces much more clarity in the form of questions and answers. So the rubric is for every measurement of the CVSS, every metric, there's like a series of questions uh, with multiple choice questions. And you just answer those, all of those questions and they also give the examples. And you, after you answer them, it's pretty much straightforward on scoring them. So uh, there's guidance to, depending on how we answer the questions, how to score them in the CVSS portfolio. Besides security researchers, how might these new guidelines help medical device makers and the health delivery organizations that use these devices? So it could be used by vendors on pre-market and even post-market security when they want to internally assess risks that concern the devices. The rubric, because it was recognized by the FDA, is now kind of their way to set the expectations to the vendor. That's how I read it. Also, it will now be, I, I guess, kind of an official way to communicate with the FDA and for the vendors when talking about vulnerabilities. Given all the answers uh, in the rubric for a certain vulnerability, it's kind of, kind of this normalization, kind of a canonical way of describing this vulnerability. And in addition, for HDOs, it's also a way for them to reevaluate scores for their devices. Something that is overlooked, when people looked at CVSS scores, they mostly consume the basic metric group score. That's what usually gets advertised in those disclosures. But this basic score only gives a general impression of the risk. Actually, there's another score, there's an environmental score that's another group of scoring in the CVSS that also is referred to in the rubric that adjusts the scores to your specific case because it could be that you use the device for specific uses or you deployed it in a certain way. So perhaps the general base score that was mentioned in the public advisory does not represent the case in your facility. So organizations and HDOs should reevaluate those scores using the environmental uh, scores and 
the rubric also guides on how to do that for medical devices. Now, do you think these new guidelines impact at all how health delivery organizations need to approach addressing the vulnerabilities that are identified in medical devices? Doing vulnerability assessment is challenging, especially in this case, but I think HDOs face problems that even earlier in the process. So when you have a facility with hundreds of different uh, unmanaged models of medical devices running different versions, I think the main problem they're going to face is to just understand it for in the first place which vulnerability is relevant for which device and which mitigations are relevant or possible. Uh, so I do not think they will be forced into now reevaluating vulnerabilities of their devices. I think they are still struggling with having visibility and, and realizing which devices that they have are affected by which vulnerability. Elad, how might this new guidance help you as a security researcher in terms of the vulnerabilities that you tend to find in medical devices? So this guidance can help in means of process. It can help much with the disclosure process and in means of evaluation for specific vulnerabilities. It will do better justice for the meaning of the impact of the vulnerability like in the example that I've used previously on the anesthesia machine. Those are the changes that I expect to have in the vulnerability area of this rubric. Finally, as for the most pressing medical device cybersecurity issues coming up in 2021, what are some of your predictions? So personally, I really hope to see more encrypted traffic, more adoption of encryption, adoption of uh, better authentication methods. Those things I find medical device uh, to luck, unfortunately. It's pretty challenging because in a hospital you have interoperability where multiple devices communicate with each other and it's really hard to get one of them to use like a better protocol, a safer protocol, because that might make it un- not compatible with other devices. So I think uh, medical devices have lots to improve in this area. That's for a start. Thanks, Elad. I've been speaking to Elad Luz. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.